Hello and welcome everyone to Best of the West on Blaze Radio at blazeradioonline.com. I'm Kenji Ito, your host today, and today we have another special guest for today's show, Jacob Jones. Uh, Jake is currently out in New Orleans because of the Final Four matchups, but happy for Jacob to be here. How are you doing today, man? Doing well. Thanks for having me, Kendra. Yeah, so uh, let's just uh, jump right into it. So let's first start off with your favorite team, the yeah. Arizona Cardinals. Yes. So J.J. Watt is returning, obviously, mm-hmm. because of like social media going around and everything. So like, it's going to be a lot of information, but like, could he be Chandler Jones' replacement? And, like, as a Cardinals fan, do you think he is, like, going to return and have a great year or get injured once again? Well, I think it's the uh, the great, you know, balance with a guy like J.J. Watt. When you sign a guy like him for a, for just a two-year contract, mm-hmm. you have to take on the fact that he has been injury-prone. Yeah. And so it's he's exactly. not, you know, he is a little older. He's not his Texan self. But with J.J., you know, when he does play, the leadership um, portion of his game is the most important part in my in my opinion because of the uh, because we don't have Chandler Jones anymore you know mm-hmm. he's he is a Raider so it's going to be a lot more dependent on him and guys like Marcus Golden and Hassan Reddick or yeah. Hus- or we don't we didn't Hassan Hassan Reddick we were looking for him but but the other guys on that line Dennis Gardeck who's going to who mm-hmm. we just re-signed yeah so JJ's going to take on a bigger role this year you know I think last year the big part of JJ's game was having Chandler with him yeah, it's exactly. that it's that one-two punch. But now that Chandler's gone, JJ's going to take on a bigger spot, and hopefully he stays healthy. We know what he can do when he's healthy. You know, we started yeah. seven to zero with him, so hopefully if he can stay healthy, get his body in the right shape, we can <clears throat> hopefully make a longer run this year. You know, seven to zero starts great, but what is it if you can't make anything out of it? Yeah, exactly. And I per- like personally, me, I think that he's gonna he's gonna have a great year. Honestly, uh, he I think he's gonna have a ten plus sack season because you know he's hungry and. Uh, he, he just wants more, you know, like, because there's been so many times that he's like, oh, I can consider retirement, but this kind of, kind of completely ignores it and says, I'm going to return for another season. Well, I think he's upset. I think he's upset with, you know, we saw, we he said after the Rams game, the, the wild card game, mm-hmm. we did not play well. You know, they outplayed us. We played like expletive. Oh, yeah, That's exactly. That's exact quote. And so I think coming into this year, um, there's been... I'm sure he's coming in hungry. I'm sure he's like, okay, well, now it's time, time to get down to business. We got close last year. Mm-hmm. Now it's time to go over the mountain, you know? Are we going to be Super Bowl contenders? Are we going to be pretenders? Yeah. Are we going to be somewhere in the middle? And I think exactly. he, I think he's determined to take this team over the top. Yeah, and, you know, with the NFC West, which is what this podcast is all about, it's really all about competing with the Rams now because mm-hmm. they're just keep on stacking up, which we will get into later. But now let's uh, get into the second Cardinals topic, and this is about Kyler Murray drama and J.J. Watt being involved. Mm-hmm. So, like, is it more clear, even though it's, like, it's kind of clear, but, like, is it uh, for sure that Kyler Murray is staying because, like, he's now working out with teammates, especially with J.J. Watt? Well, that's very encouraging. You know, seeing Kyler get back together with his teammates and get back in the facility. We saw J.J. Watt's Twitter post that Kyler was working out in the Cardinals' weight room. Mm-hmm. And it's a great, great sign that, you know, Kyler is invested. I know, I think we all know he's invested. We know, but he's, you know, he's very competitive. And so mm-hmm. this four, you know, three or four years of not making the playoffs and having just, you know, you know, he was a, you got to think about his past, you know, he, in Texas, a high school quarterback, he never lost a game in high school. Yeah, exactly. And won the Heisman Trophy in Oklahoma. 
Mm-hmm. Almost led them to a, a, went to the college football playoff. Played Alabama. Yeah, man. So you no kind of beats Bama. <laughs> so absolutely. So you have to realize that Kyler is still getting used to the situation that he's in. Mm-hmm. You know, he's only twenty something years old. Yeah. So this is his fourth year out of the league. Yeah. Fourth year in the league. Yeah. So, you know, oh. so he's still right. So he's still getting used to the kind of the the twist and turns of the NFL while also trying to negotiate his contract. And so I think he's maybe confused. I'm not sure, you know, hopefully his agent's really helping him through this, but mm-hmm. I think at the end of the day, Kyler wants to stay here. Yeah. He wants to finish what he started. And whether or not he's going to, I don't I don't think he's going to be a Cardinal, he's going to be a Cardinal his whole career. Yeah. But, you know, he wants it's to. It's very hard to. Like, yeah, I think. Russell for, Wilson is a prime example, which we've talked about in previous episodes. Right. And so I think for Kyler, you know, I think a lot of people are looking at the, you know, will he sit down practice? Will he do this? Will yeah. he, you know, was he trying to negotiate his cron- contract? What's going on with Kyler? Why did he delete his Instagram posts? You know, yeah. it's, it's these little things that, you know, I think he's also very still immature. You know, so he's still oh, trying exactly. to figure out how to handle the situation. I know he's not doing it the best way, but, you know, he's still a top 10 quarterback. And so I think it's going to be a lot dependent on him this year to show how much he can lead. Yeah, exactly. And I think that, like, since you did mention his age, you know, he's old, like, the team is going to expect that young drama where, like, young quarterbacks are just young, high, high octane players are, like, they're going to say, I want more money. I want to be the star of the show, you know? So, like, obviously, it's always going to be that type of deal with these young players. And I think this NFL team's got to get used to it because, you know, there's been many times in the past where, you know, they delete everything off mm-hmm. Instagram or Twitter or something, like just exactly what Kyler Murray did. But, you know, it's a complete good sign that he's working out with the Cardinals teammates. Well, I think it's a really good, and like you said, it's a really good sign. I think he's, part of the sign is that he's really putting pat, putting the past in the past. Well, I did this and that. I know I got a lot of attention for it. And so I know I'm going to be asked about it. You know, I'm mm-hmm. going to be asked what happened and, yeah. you know, are you committed? And so I think right now what Kyler has to do is just, it's just, Keep his focus on football. Yeah, you and know, just keep his focus on training camp. And I think it's also dependent on on GM Steve Kime to oh yeah exactly re- to really man the ship yeah. and uh, and you know to his credit over the years mm-hmm. you know he's done that on off and on. But then we've also seen that you know what's happened to his draft class. Mm-hmm. You know, there's he is not historically a very good drafter. Oh yeah, exactly. You know, the draft is only a couple weeks away. So now we have to see. Well, what do the Cardinals need? You need another defensive lineman. Or are you going to go get Kyler a wide receiver? Mm-hmm. And so I think Kyler needs to have a real, a real sit down conversation with his GM and his head coach. Exactly. You know, you know, I know we all people love Cliff out here, but the success has not been there. You start seven to zero, and then you only, and you end up with ten or eleven wins, and then get oh yeah killed by get, the killed by your rival in, in a yeah. playoff game and the Super Bowl champs too. But uh, yeah, I think he's just going to take it. Uh, I think Kyler Murray's going to take it like a man in the press. Con- in the press and working out and everything. But now let's move to Jacob with some uh, 49ers news. Yes, so D Ford is likely to leave the 49ers according to their GM. And Kenji, what are you what are your overall thoughts on how this is how this is going to change the 49ers defense overall? Yeah, so like with like with D Ford, you know, he's a veteran player and he's a good like a very good edge threat, you know. But, like, I don't know if it's going to affect the defense that much. It's because, like, you know, you never really see him on the field because mm-hmm. he either gets injured in, like, practice or, like, just sometime during the game. Right. So, and plus you already have Nick Bosa and Eric Armstead on the two on the mm-hmm. two, um, two ends. And then you, of course, got Fred Warner. Like, I think that it is going to affect the defense in some ways, maybe because of leadership. 
but I don't see it like that much of an impact. Right. Uh, when I think of, when I think of the Niners right now, I think them and the Cardinals are kind of in a similar situation when mm-hmm. it comes to off season. They've they've had a very very quiet off season. And I think the biggest news is that D Ford is not is likely to leave. Mm-hmm. But with them not doing much, then the Cardinals are really looking at the, you know, them the Seahawks. It looks like you know the Rams have a very easy road through the NFC West. Oh yeah. You know exactly. I think you know it, are they even a threat anymore? There's a lot of question with Jimmy Garoppolo and yeah. the quarterback situation. Are they really a threat right now? You know to the NFC West. Yeah, it, it's kind of, it's kind of tough. Is because you know they're. They're picking up, like, more offensive weapons than defensive and everything. And then, you know, like, according to, like, some source, I forgot which one it was, but it said, like, Jimmy Garoppolo is, like, 95%, like, off the team by, like, off, like, by, like, when, like, training camp or uh, preseason starts. So, like, they're not really doing much. Like, I feel like they're just trying to, like... I don't even know what they're doing. It's kind of like a loss for words, you know? So I don't think they're even a threat at all, and I would be scared as a 49ers fan. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's with the Niners right now, you have to kind of look at, you know, what's their commitment? That's been a real question back and forth, you know, of mm-hmm. the, well, you have Jimmy G, but you also draft, you know, tra- yeah. Trance, or, oh gosh. Trey Lance. Trey Lance, oh my yeah. goodness. I, whew, all right, well, that's a good start. No, you're, but, no, you're good. But, but that's also the commitment part of what you know mm-hmm. what their GM has to really look at. You know, well, you know, if we're getting, if we're really going to get rid of Jimmy G, you know, are we committed to Trey Lance? Yeah, you exactly. know, are we committed for this young man to take over the team? You know, is mm-hmm. he going to take over the quarterback situation? And if he is, then you know, what's that going to turn into? You yeah, know, what's exactly. that? Is he going to lead a young team where you know he will have these offensive weapons, but will he have to really lead the team? You know, they're mm-hmm. they're not doing much on defense. Oh, exactly. And so I think with the Niners right now, it's going to be a question of really, you know, because right now they're very one-dimensional. Oh, yeah. You uh, know, they may have to win games yeah. 48 to 45. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and we, we saw that last year against, the like, the Lions or something in week one where it was, like, the Lions almost came back, and it was it was in Detroit, but, like, it was such an unbelievable game that, like, I think the Lions were one one touchdown away from winning. Everything. Yeah, what the Niners have to be careful of right now is, mm-hmm. you know, really, you haven't, you know, I think what they're, they may be scared of is, well, we don't have to, you know, getting into battles where you have to start, you know, beating teams by, you know, association. Where oh, it's yeah. like, well, now we have to get a couple turnovers. And that's part of the game, but it's also mm-hmm. part of, well, to win, we have to sk- score at least 40-some points. Yeah, you exactly. Know? If you score forty some points in an NFL game, that's that should be a blowout. Yeah, that should be a blowout, and you know the players are like tired. You know they're exhausted at that point. But for the Niners, I think the situation right now, if you don't fix your defense, it's like I think you know they may even come to a realization. Well, I think we're gonna come out. We're we may give up, you know, thirty yeah. some points a game. Mm-hmm. So it's gonna be high. You know, we may have to go back and forth. But exactly. if we just score more touchdowns than them, you know. And that's where it falls on Trey Lance, you know? Oh, yeah, exactly. And so I think the mentality they really have to, to edge in on, you know, what's our mentality right now? What are we going to have to do yeah. from this point on? And, you know, the 49ers are, like, always really good at drafting, like, mm-hmm. players. Like, for example, I think they picked up, I think I've said this in, book, like, previous episodes, but they picked up, like, Fred Warner in the third round or something. Mm-hmm. You know, that's an absolute steal of what he came out to be and everything. But, like, I feel like sometimes you just can't rely on draft picks because, you know, what if you get that 
bad group of guys. You know, bad is not necessarily the right word. But like, what if you get those terrible like draft picks? Well, you also don't want to, you know, really put the weight on your rookies. No, you don't. You know, you don't. They're already under enough as it is, especially mm-hmm. if you go into a dynasty situation where they probably will have to, you know, draft a defensive player. You know, go draft a linebacker. Mm-hmm. You know that young. You know that kid's probably going to be like, well, I think this. You know, this ship is up to me. Yeah. You know. You it's know like, what do I what do I have to do? I and mean, maybe the coaches will sit down with you. Know, yeah, it's like I'm like as a rookie, I'm already third in charge because of Warner and Bosa. Right, and so do I. I'm gonna have do I have to be on that that same line? You know, mm-hmm. are they gonna expect that a lot out of me out of training camp? And you know, I'll come out and play. You know, every rookie wants to come out and yeah, put on a show. And like I think of Pat Tillman. Oh, when yeah. he came to the league, he was he was sacking his own quarterback and. In training camp. Oh yeah. Because this because he just went hundred he just went like hundred ten percent like you only had one mode. Yeah, and and you know? there's really something different about those players. Like you know that they're either going to be so heart driven or they're going to be like so talented. Now that's you know if the you know in the case of you know Pat you know I think Pat was just a different animal where he just he came out he only knew one speed mm-hmm, and he also, yeah. he also he also got in trouble you know you're not supposed to hit your your oh, yeah. your, your teammates and Pat was going full pads at their chest. Yeah, exactly. And so that's the, and I think, but not every kid's a Pat Tillman. Oh, and no. so you have to kind of look out and really see, that's where your GM comes yeah. big. You know, what are we looking for right now? And, you know, mm. what can we go and get as of right now? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, definitely. And so with other news in the NFC West, big news coming out of Los Angeles, mm. Bobby Wagner mm-hmm. is now a Ram. Yeah. Staying in the division, signed her to a five-year, $50 million contract. Mm-hmm. And the Rams, just when you think they're out and they go went all went all in and this is it, yeah. they come right back in yeah. and get Bobby Wagner. Exactly. What a huge move for the defending champions. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I know a lot of Seahawks fans are uh, really emotional and upset right now. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, <clears throat> it, every – I've said this before, but every team needs a needs a rebuilding stage, and that's what the Seattle Seahawks are currently in, which we'll get into. Mm-hmm. But – like, I don't even know what this does to their defense. I think it makes them the most overpowered defense in the NFL, if they already were. Um, and it just gives more leadership to the team, you know. Because yeah. Aaron Donald, he's the, he's a player that proves his game by showing you. Uh, Jalen Ramsey is the emotional leader, and he also plays his heart out. And Bobby Wagner, he's kind of the silent guy mm-hmm. that kind of this says, you know what, this play ball and... Yeah. Give it give it 110%. And like, I'm, you know, yeah. like going back to 2013, 2014, 2015, you know, in the Legion of Boom, you know, it was all about Cam Chancellor, Richard Sherman, and Earl Thomas. But, you know, Bobby Wagner was part of it. Yeah. But, you know, he didn't get enough attention. Uh, so, like, yeah. he's, he's always been, a, like, a part of that bunch. And I think what's going to make the Rams so powerful when it comes to this year, and why they go and sign a guy like Bobby Wagner is he's a silent leader. Yeah, you know, exactly. He d- just like he kind of runs me of Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald's, you know, a lot louder, but you know he lets his play to the talking. Oh, you yeah. know, I'm, you know, ring me. You know, I'm a champion. So I think with the momentum of the Super Bowl, of you know being the defending champion, you know exactly. you have that, you have that area where you're, you're saying that. Well, now we can go get a Bobby Wagner. Mm-hmm. You know, we have this power to really say, you know, you know we want to go run it back. You know, oh, with yeah, what their GM said in the Super Bowl parade. Oh know, yeah, run it back. You know, exactly. and I think they're in that mode where they're saying, well, you know, why don't we just go all in again? Yeah, exactly. You know, you saw it work. You know, they can – what the Rams might be able to do from this point on is just, you know, keep signing these one and two years. Yeah. You know, as this momentum builds, you know, 
if you're just gonna keep winning championships and going to the Super Bowl, I said, yeah, we'll sign him to a two year. We'll sign, you know, yeah, exactly. Hey, now you're gonna have Bobby Wagner for five years. Oh yeah. And so now it's saying, well, now our defense is at least lo- is locked up for the next few years. Mm-hmm. You know, now we're in the stage. Now we can focus on offense. Mm-hmm. And so I think exactly. signing a guy like Bobby Wagner just gives him a lot more, you know, leeway. You know, saying, well, now we have a really set plan now. And that's what makes them a really good team. Makes them a really good organization. He's saying, "Well, now we have the, now we have the stronghold. Now we have okay. Well, now we're now we're in control." Yeah, exactly. And you know, like with with this signing as well, you know, I think that the Rams will prioritize maybe differently in the draft now with getting such a all pro linebacker like him. You know, so they might get like offensive line to protect Matthew Stafford because you know, the line holds up. But, like, missing Andrew Whitworth, I feel like the Rams' offensive, like, time with Matthew Stafford sitting in the pocket and kind of, like, moving his feet around, you know, it's going to definitely decrease. Right. Because Andrew Whitworth was the guy that was like, okay, this is what we need to do. Even though this, the, center is, the center is the quarterback of the offensive line, you know, Andrew Whitworth was the main leader. Yeah. And now he's gone. So I think that's going to have a total impact. And so what I... What I'm looking forward to seeing the Rams, I'm not looking forward to as a Cardinals fan. I'm like, oh, of course not. I'm like, well, there they go again. Mm-hmm. There go the Rams, and I think it's a little harder for a Cardinals fan. You know, mm-hmm. I can speak from experience since I I'm a part of the Red Sea. Is mm-hmm. that you know it does feel unfair. But I also think that comes with you know strategy and game management, and you oh, know yeah, what are exactly. you able to do in this in these spots? And I think that's what the Rams do really well. And so I think when it comes to the draft, you know, I think I'm sure they are looking towards offensive. You don't want to be because I don't. I think they're a little afraid to be kind of like the 49ers where oh, you know, yeah, well, exactly. you know, you don't want to be too top heavy. Mm-hmm. But you know, as we've seen, you know, throughout the past few years, you know, not only with Sean McVay who can make great game plans, who's a great game manager, but mm-hmm. they can also make something out of nothing. Oh you yeah, know? absolutely. And they are, they are historically great drafting team. And so I think with you know when the Rams go out, if whoever they get, mm-hmm. I think they are looking more offensively. And then yeah. you go to get those weapons, you know. Yeah. Maybe and whatever you can find in the third round because that's right. their first pick in this upcoming draft. So yeah, and then maybe you go and you know trade for a guy. You maybe you go trade for a guy yeah. in the draft and get so, another star possibly. Paul, you know you have that momentum from the Super Bowl. You know I'm sure yeah. guys would would be in a hurry to go to Los Angeles. Yeah, and, say, and you, know. you know L.A. not not like bagging on any other city, but like L.A. is such a high market and everything. You know you get to live a, like the houses the the whole state is really nice and everything and then like you get to play for the LA Rams you know well it's almost like USC you know USC recruits for itself oh yeah absolutely because you know not only because of you know their history but also LA yeah you know kids want to go and hang out and hang out on the beach and people want to hang out in Hollywood even though you know know, it has its iffy parts yeah you know oh everywhere has its parts and you know it's but I think it's also you don't you know they do it just you know it works out for itself and that's what the Rams have right now mm-hmm. and I think it helps when you have that championship mm-hmm. and now we're now the Rams are in that state where it's like okay now we can really strong head the rest of this division and mm-hmm. really just and start taking over the league right now yeah exactly so and so in other Seahawks news a lot of question marks around the Seahawks organization oh yeah absolutely you, you know no more Russell Wilson you know DK Metcalf are you can extend him I think it's going to be difficult really to re-sign them right now mm-hmm. because of how many teams are going after them. The Cardinals have been a team really looking at DK Metcalf. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So I think it's going to be a question to the uh, for the Seahawks. Do they, are they going to be able to bring DK back mm-hmm. in this yeah. market right now? Yeah, it's, you know, it's going to be really tough, uh, you know, because 
Like the wide receiver market has always been the big market in mm. NFL free agency. And you know, DK Metcalf, whatever you can say about him, like top 15, top 20, whatever. He's a talented receiver. He's big, he's strong, he can catch the ball. Mm-hmm. And I don't care about all the memes, whatever. Right. And yes, that, that's yeah. not me just saying as a Seahawks fan, but like, you know, he's a talented receiver and people are going to want him. Yeah. And uh, what, what like, he, he's proven so far has really shocked people because, like, what he did at Ole Miss going back to college football, mm-hmm. like, he wasn't that guy, you know? It was right. more A.J. Brown than D.K. Metcalf. Yeah. Exactly. So um, I think that it is going to be difficult, but I feel like that with the money Seattle has, they're going to do all it takes. Right. And, like, Quandre Diggs actually said on Twitter, like, if he's not back, like, I'll, I'll just leave. And yeah. that's gonna that's another big thing. And that's also something to do with social media, you know? So like it's like like if you don't bring your star players back, you're basically gonna have no one and you have to go into like 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 a terrible like Jets rebuild like a couple years ago. Uh, yeah. But the Ducks have to be really careful of is this you know, we don't have to, they have to go into a rebuild. There there's really no way out, you know, there's no there's no shame in rebuilding, you know. Yeah, it's like well, no sh- it's just where we are, you yeah, know. It's just every team has to do it. We hit our stride, you know, in twenty four in the early, you know, 2014, 2015. Yeah. But now we're at a point, you know, we had to trade away Russell Wilson. Yeah. You know, we're at, we're just at this point. So I think at this point they have to decide what you know. Well, what's important to us right now mm-hmm. is DK important to us right now? And if he is, we can resign him. Yeah. But if you know we're rebuilding, you know, is DK really someone you know a big talented receiver? You know, is that something we need? You know, do we or should we use that cap space on someone in? Two or three years. Yeah, exactly. And you know, he he's still a young player too. So yeah. like you can sign him to a like a. I'm trying to think of something reasonable, but like, like three or four year. I don't think he's worth five year though. No, I don't think you. Also, that you have to be careful. You have to think of his longevity. Yeah, you know, exactly. You have to think of you know well, you know how far is this going to take us? If we sign him to a five year, say so, well, are we ready to to hang on to this contract for five more years? Yeah, exactly. You know, you also kind of have to decide well, when are we going to be good again? You know, oh yeah, absolutely. When are we going to be competitive in this division again, in, mm-hmm. the, in the league again? And yeah, exactly. you know, do you want Quandre and DK in that that same market, or do you want to kind of well, if we let them go now, mm-hmm. you know, it it stinks, but then it's also well, we're doing this so we can go and get a guy later. Yeah, you know, it's exactly. that's that balance that they also have to find, you know, in the draft as well. It's like where do we go from there? Obviously, they have the number nine pick, so oh, yeah, I think there's absolutely. there's also a lot of questions there. You know, who do you go with? You know, yeah, exactly, and you know. Like there, it's since they traded Russell Wilson away, and personally, like I love Russell Wilson, but um, I feel like they that how they had him for that long, they got very like I'm not bashing the Seattle Seahawks whatsoever, but they got very lucky because I felt like that Russell Wilson he could have left any time ago, mm-hmm. you know, and the the way he's performed with that bad of a line and that he's basically had to carry the Seattle offense for so many years, mm-hmm. like. It was a miracle that he stayed for that long. Yeah. And he will forever be my favorite quarterback, but so on and so what. But here's the thing, like with this ninth pick, it's so tough because like, you know, you don't you don't wanna reach and then you don't wanna like not like mm-hmm. it's it's a really tough decision. Like I, I am in a loss for words again. But like like Seattle fans, they want Malik Willis. You yeah. know? PFF, you know, they say Charlie Cross to help the line. He's a uh, tackle from Mississippi State. Devin Lloyd from Utah, linebacker, mm-hmm. or uh, Jermaine uh, Johnson from Florida State. All very talented guys. But here's the thing is that, like, 
how can you skip on Derek Stingley, cornerback from LSU, or Sauce Gardner, cornerback from uh, Cincinnati? Yeah, it's just gonna have to be the balance that Seattle has to find now. It's like, mm-hmm. Well, we're, you know, what do we choose now? You know, what are we, what are we looking at? You know, what are we, what are we trying to find? You know, now. And I think what they have to really, the big question mark in Seattle right now is that, well, I know we're going to be, you know, we're not going to be that great this year, mm-hmm. but, you know, they also, in a, they're also in a competitive rebuild. You know, we're not going to go full out, you know, try to tank. I don't, I don't believe Seattle is going to tank. No, I don't, I, like, they're, I think they're number 24 right now in preseason, like number 24th ranked, but like, I feel like they're going to be at least top, like maybe like 20, 21, or maybe like above, a little bit above. Yeah, I don't think, you know, Seattle's going to be in a spot where they have to really, well, you know, fighting for the number one pick, you know, it's, I don't think, you know, Seattle's not, not, not that kind of team. I just can't yeah. see a guy like Pete Carroll really going in and saying, yeah. you know, let this guy score a touchdown and yeah, this is for, this is for, this is for Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. This like, for example, it's like, oh, uh, this is for Bryce Young, you know, but he's, he's going to be a quarterback. In but I think what they also have to be careful of, and this is kind of going into baseball, but the D-backs have done this for years. It's called a competitive rebuild. Oh yeah. Where you, about. where you sign guys here and there, but use a lot of money. He said, well, we have to sign these guys. You know, I know we're not going to be good this year, but we need a team. And so you just you sign guys here and there because you think you think it's going to make you competitive yeah. down the line. And, but then you still have – but then you have, like, this odd rotation of veteran players and then young players. Oh, yeah, absolutely. The D-backs have been doing it for years. I know mm-hmm. that as a, as a Diamondbacks fan as well. But I'm just concerned for a team like Seattle that they, can, that they might – Fall into the deep end, you know, of, mm. you know, getting to that competitive yeah. rebuild state where it's like, well, let's sign these two guys, but then also have a, yeah. a team full of rookies, and so then your, and then your future plan is very unclear, and so I think they have oh, to really yeah, be absolutely. careful, especially with who they draft, and say, we'll make sure we have the right game plan, right this right set plan, so when we do get to the season, we have we have the combination that we need to win a few more games and be where we want to be in terms of momentum. Oh, absolutely, and you know, like even though people bash on Pete Carroll, whatever. And he's 70, and he's the most energetic 70-year-old in, like, all of history. Yeah. But I feel like he's kind of like Mike Tomlin going out of the division a little bit. Like, he's not going to want to lose games. Like, you know, he wants to keep, like, his coaching, his coaching, uh, his coaching, like, state, you know. Like, yeah. he wants to be respected as a coach. He's not going to say, oh, you know what, I want Bryce Young uh yeah, next year I'm gonna I'm gonna purposely lose every game and our defense is gonna run a full out blitz every single time. Right. You know. It's so just don't become like you know, not to bash them, but don't become the Jets, you know? Yeah, like and it's not like the Jets like purposely do it. They're just not a good organization. Maybe this year they're good because of what they've done. Yeah. But like it's like it's the Jets. Yeah. Yeah, it is the Jets. That's that's been the mm-hmm. the Eagles. It's yet the Jets. It's, a, it's a, also a joke in New York. Never bet on the Jets. It's yeah, exactly. Unless they're facing the Tennessee Titans. That's, but that's yeah. So that's like, true. like the the final comment we'll have here is like, like out of these rookies though, and we mean Jake, and then our special guest Paul last week, and then you of course. You know we've we've talked about the draft so much, and you know Seattle has really improved in the draft. Uh, this year, so like out of all those guys, who do you think is going to fit best, and who do you think they're going to pick? I think, you know, Charlie Cross from Mississippi State mm-hmm. is something that you really look into. You know, I think you're going to have Drew Locke this year, and yeah. so I think starting your young offensive line 
really getting them used to maybe you don't have your lock for a long time but then you're getting but getting your offensive line used to each other mm-hmm. i think exactly. you know seattle's gonna have a long you know i think building their offensive line for two or three years down the line is gonna be really important for them mm-hmm. and we've seen what charlie cross has been able to do we oh, saw yeah. this last year had an amazing amazing year at mississippi state and so i think you know when it comes to that i think sh- seattle would be very wise to start focusing on that Mm-hmm. To really start, you know, focusing on that standpoint and really start getting into that and start building up your team, you know, not from the ground up, but then start to get comfortable with Carroll and with Snyder mm-hmm. and really, you know, start building these relationships now. Yeah, and especially exactly. for a guy like, you know, like Cross, who's going to be coming in as a rookie. And you won't, you won't depend on him, but maybe in two or three years, he'll be more comfortable to be dependent on, you know. Yeah, exactly. In 2024 or 25. Yeah, exactly. And personally, what I think, uh, I think you just gotta go. What is avi- like? What's the best available at that spot? And it's gonna be the one of the two defensive backs. And you know, I feel like that the hype that Sauce Gardner has, you know, it's. I feel like it's a one year. It was only a one year thing because I didn't hear about him ever in the past until Cincinnati went undefeated and went to the college playoffs Mm -hmm. so i think you gotta go with Derek stingley you know he's competitive he's feisty and Mm -hmm. if i gotta give him a comparison like in college at least i I would say jalen ramsey yeah yeah i totally see that yeah so uh uh thank you uh so much uh jacob for Mm -hmm. being on today's show uh that is all we have for today um and you have been listening to best of the west on blaze radio at blazeradioonline.com uh Maybe Jake. I don't know if he. I don't know if I'm gonna need another special guest again. And I will be here next week, same day, same time on BlazeRadioOnline.com. <laughs>